recorded live. Grace and peace be with everybody. This is Nikki Hawkins. I want to welcome everybody to Freestyle Fridays where uh, any and every subject is on the table. The only thing we ask is uh, you only, uh, the only thing we ask is that you remain professional and respectful to one another and one another's time. My name is Nujit T. Hawkins, if I haven't said that already, and my co-host is David Champ. Uh, uh, David, if you don't mind introducing yourself. Oh, yes. Um, my name is David Chandler. I'm uh, sitting alongside Nujit T. Hawkins. And, of course, if you haven't noticed, if you don't know by now, this is Freestyle Fridays, and uh, this is going to be a very interesting topic. I, I've been studying... Uh, the New World Order for at least as long as I've known GT, and um, it's been a very interesting um, process. Actually, uh, I've gone as far back as uh, the the, the Revolutionary War, and uh, this uh, this particular topic is going to be very, very interesting, very intriguing to say the least. Okay. Uh, also, also appreciate that. They appreciate that. Um, just want to put out a few advertisements. Uh, if you haven't, if you haven't checked out the group, and this is for everybody who's on the phone, and this is for everybody who will listen to the show later on through audio. Um, if you haven't checked out the uh, Bible study group, uh, go and check it out. Uh, you can join. This group is specifically made for sensible, sensible Bible study. Uh, we have a few debates in there, but it's not it's not uh, a disrespectful environment. It's very chill. Uh, it's not a lot of hotheads in there. You got a lot of different views that that come up. You got a lot of different commentaries, and uh, uh, so you can go in there if you want to find a peace of mind and want to post something and just get a general. Uh, uh, response or answering questions, uh, just make sure you check the rules out once you go in there. Also, uh, if you haven't checked out Prophecy Watch, uh, the Prophecy Watch page, that's also under my name and David Chandler's name. And on this, on the Prophecy Watch page, there's a lot of info, current info uh, on up-to-date articles for up-to-date news clips about what's going on in the world. Uh, in some areas, or, or actually on some uh, news clips, I put a small little commentary as to my perspective as uh, as to how I see it from a biblical perspective, you know, if it uh, involves Christian persecution around the world, uh, Russia's build-up, military build-up, the uh, political scene here in America, uh, a massive amount of uh, uh, former Muslims turning to Christ uh, because of these migrations that have taken place, the elections, uh, the, the the corrupt government, the corrupt gov- uh, American government, everything. Everything that's going on in the world, you can go to Prophecy Watch, uh, the page, and you can uh, see some of these articles uh, for yourself, and what I try to do is use good resources. Um, I 
I actually take the time to do the background research on these resources so that I won't be posting anything that's untrue and uh, ruin the credibility of the of the page. So uh, check out Prophecy Watch. And on top of that, uh, my wife uh, has been very diligent. Uh, Evelyn Hawkins, she's been very diligent in uh, uh, creating the group. Now the group, well, actually there's a page, a Facebook page called Defend, Proclaim, Equip. Well, actually, I said that wrong. It's actually Defend, Equip, and Proclaim, a.k.a. D-E-P. And uh, this page pretty much deals with the black conscious movement. Uh, it deals with all the all of the crazy, all of the crazy dogma that comes from the black conscious uh, movement, the Kemet folk, uh, sometimes uh, uh, the black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, we deal in DEP. DEP pretty much deals with uh, everything black conscious or, or black radical, the black radical movement, religious or secular. Is there? Uh, we just started it. And so you can go and check that page out on Facebook. Uh, again, defend, equip, and proclaim. Also, please check out my wife, uh, her website, Exit Churchianity. She has a lot of good info on there uh, in regards to the institutionalized church and uh, uh, subjects surrounding the black community, uh, subjects surrounding black men. Uh, and just a variety of topics, so go and check her out. Uh, if uh, Whoever else is on the phone, if you wouldn't mind, please introducing yourselves. Uh, Arkansas. What's going on, fellas? My name is Nelson Summage, and um, I, um, uh, like I say, we've um, uh, been discussing about, you know, these uh, political, biblical standpoints. And um, I, I love the topic. Uh, I love being um, informed. Uh, thank y'all for uh, inviting me. And uh, I'm just ready to dive into it, man. Roger that. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Roger. That and uh, uh, what's this? Indianapolis. I'm sorry, Central Indiana. That would be me. <laughs> um, I am um, Julius um, Reinhardt. I reside in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, um, have been in, have been a believer for <laughs> since 1997, and have been in, uh, been in ministry now for probably, uh, openly anyway, for probably. About six years now. Um, that's, that's about right. About six years now. Um, and uh, one of the one of the topics that uh, God has placed on my heart, of course, is uh, the topic of the end times, and uh, specifically, you know, dealing with you know uh, the system that we find ourselves in the Babylonian system, the New World Order, um, and just exposing that and just trying to inform Christians and let them know what time what time it is and where we are, you know. So Amen. 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 
All right, so uh, so before we start, let me go ahead and pray. Or oh, David, you can pray us in. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, just be with us as we go into this very... Order, Lord, just uh, be with the families that are represented here tonight. Thank you for them calling in. And thank you for being with us during these recordings, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, of course, you know, we are a few a few days away from the election. And uh, I really wanted to just kind of focus in on that for now. And as I said before, this is Freestyle Friday. So, you know, the topic can go either way. We can talk about politics. We can talk about prophecy. We can talk about uh, uh, the Bible. Uh, well, of course, we're talking about the Bible. We can talk about whatever it is that comes to the table and uh, but what I want to focus in on now is what I call the the Hillary Trump effect. And I'm looking at this word, and it's the uh, Hegelian dialectic. And uh, before I go into too much about that, I'm going to ask David to give us, uh, I'm going to ask David to go first on his perspective about the Hegelian dialectic and uh, the rest of you brothers as well. Uh, but I want to say that, you know, if, let's say if, if it's true, let's say if this is true that the Hegelian dialectic is at work, and this means that it doesn't matter who wins the election because in a nutshell, we're all screwed in regards to the establishment of the new world order. And it's obvious that Hillary will slingshot us into the new world order. However, I did, uh, a brother sent me a video of Donald Trump uh, sitting at a, he was at a dine-in with Hillary and some other world powers and Catholic bishops, and he made a statement about having a world community. Now, Donald Trump, now he did, he, he did say something about a world community, but what I'm looking at is his policy. The policy in this, this video is probably a couple of months back, actually a few weeks back. Uh, his policies, however, seem to be completely against the establishment of the New World Order. And this is, for me, this is what is confusing me about this guy. Uh, he's wanting to take America out of the trans-Pacific uh, trans trade, the, T, the TPT or the TTP, which pretty much places our national laws on all matters in the hands of international powers, pretty much giving away the uh, giving away the sovereignty of America, taking away sovereignty from America, and Donald Trump's policies seem to want to take uh, to take that take that ability away from the international powers. But then I wonder why is he uh, saying anything about a global community in this video? So um, before I go on, David, if you could explain this Hegelian dialectic, uh, because now my my little understanding about this, 
the Hegelian dialect is pretty much you have uh, two opposing sides uh, given to the people when they are both being used to draw people or draw the nation in the same direction. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, the, the Hegelian dialectic is a worldview that was uh, put together by a man named George Hegel. George Hegel was a philosopher during the 1800s, and he composed of a idea that puts together two separate viewpoints. And uh, to explain it a little bit more clearly, it's more or less problem-reaction-solution. Problem and what I mean by that is it's, the Hegelian dialectic comes in three parts. Synthesis, um, I'm sorry, an, uh, synthesis, antithesis, and thesis. I'm sorry, thesis, antithesis, and, sy and synthesis, or something like that. And what happens, you have the synthesis. You have an idea, or you have a worldview, and then you, then somebody else comes with something that's in opposition to that. So say, for instance, if you're for abortion, and then somebody comes along and says, no, I'm against it. And so you guys are button heads. You guys are just arguing and arguing and debating. And then now all of a sudden, after some time goes by, that person kind of sees uh, where, you know, he, his, his viewpoint starts to turn to the way you think. And that's how the Hegelian dialectic works. And Hillary Clinton is a a um, prime example of that. Um, as a matter of fact, he's she's more or less worse uh, of a of a symptom, if you might want to call it, than Barack Obama. When Barack Obama got into office. Eight years ago, everybody was shouting, yes, we can, yes, we can, yes, we can. Hegelian dialectic at work. Everybody was, even the black church was in, was pretty much in awe at his oratorical skills and his ability to sway the crowd. And people were saying, uh, conservatives anyway, were, were in, like, people like Alan Keyes and, and all these other individuals we're saying, okay, well, this man is um, not for the black race. He's not for the black cause. He has not. He, he doesn't want any. He's an elitist, and black people, especially pro-blacks, were beginning. We're telling Alan Keyes, "Well, you're a coon. You're self-hater. You're this, that, and the other." Hegelian dialectic at work. Uh, all of those shootings in California, Batman shootings, uh, the the Columbine shootings in Colorado. Um, uh, the, the Virginia Tech shootings, all part or all symptoms of the Hegelian dialectic. Um, Donald, all of those feminists coming out of the woodwork, saying that he that Donald Trump raped her, raped them, mm -hmm. and, and and said all kinds of things, and and all of these little uh, election prompts that we're seeing by Hillary Clinton. Well, I don't want my daughter to see a man that hates women 
the President of the United States, and I'm Hillary Clinton, I, and I approve this message. Hegelian dialectic at work. <laughs> and people don't realize that. Those mm-hmm. advertisements, those presidential election advertisements that we see, that we've been seeing for years, are symptoms of the Hegelian dialectic. And people, people's views are being swayed by the democratic worldview, by the, uh, the, the liberal progressive ideologue. Uh, vote Democrat and everybody, or every, and, and we'll uh, give you this and we'll give you that. Hillary Clinton going to these black churches and saying, I feel no ways tied, calling black men super predators. And all of this, mm-hmm. all of these other things, they're get they're garnered, they're getting the black vote as many as possible, and that's a symptom of the Hegelian dialectic at work. And, okay. Oh. oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, so yeah, it's problem, reaction, solution, um, thesis, antithesis, and um, synthesis. That that's okay. what the uh, Hegelian dialectic is. Okay, uh, brother Nelson, uh, what's your take on this, bro? Uh, man, I uh, definitely, definitely, um, uh, David elaborated on it so well. But uh, <laughs> you know, when I think about the Hegelian dialectic, anybody ever watch um, uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck? Yeah, I get the, yeah, when Duck season, rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season. Right. Yeah, that would remind me, you know what I mean? Uh, But, yeah, it's definitely what David has uh, described to the T. And you see it working like a sewing machine. Uh, The synthesis, I mean, uh, thesis and antithesis and, you know, the synthesis. But also... The the I call I call it the hidden bird because you know you got your white right wing and left wing, but mm-hmm. it's on the same bird. You see what I'm yep. saying? Bird is going to go the exact same direction as it's been planned on for years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they definitely puppeteering and and, and uh, planted planted right into the masses' hands. You know. Um, uh, I remember hearing a speech um, Barack Obama said, but he mentioned that uh, we got to give them a stake to bite off of. Mm-hmm. So, so he's very aware of the Hegelian dialectic theory. Uh, uh, all of them are, you know. Um, uh, like I said, um, like David mentioned, you know, uh, it's a lot of. Uh, of uh, pieces and glues that uh, plays into the di- no, no the Hegelian dialectic for Donald Trump and Hillary. Uh, you know, it's not just by uh, happenstance that you know Hillary is uh, about to come up on these charges, and now you got Donald Trump. You know, now you got people. You know, uh, people coming out of the woodworks talking about you know his. Um, um uh views on women and so forth mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um yeah it's definitely uh uh playing itself out but I, I i you know most of the time i just be so amazed at why people 
don't, you know, and it be your ordinary, you know, people that I come and say with, I'm like, you, you don't, you don't see what's going on, you know. And, and a lot of times, you know, like I, 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 re- I remember um, before this election hit, and I found out that um, that um, Hillary Clinton was going to run up against uh, Donald Trump. I said, watch the Hegelian dialect to play itself out. I mean, yep. and it's doing, it, it's, it's, it's going on. And, and see, the thing is, see, Donald Trump, he knows his role. You know, he feeding, you know, he, he feeding into the uh, uh, dialect in himself. I mean, now you got, you know, okay, he's he's supposed to be for pro-life. And uh, Hillary, you know, she's, she's pro-choice. Mm-hmm. But... Now, now let's just say if, if uh, Donald was to get into the office and he was supposed to be, you know, he'd be president, you don't think for one bit that he's going to carry out what the elite want want to be carried out? Uh, he's he, he's telling you um, he's telling you that he's pro life, but the synthesis will be he'll be for abortion. And, um, and, and you know, and that's and that that worries me because I was looking at his policies, and you know, he said that he's for abortion only in the case of rape. And right. But mm-hmm. you know, is he lying? You know, and that's that's the part that uh, scares me most. So right, remember remember when Barack Obama came out, and you know, he was the people champion. Everybody, you know, he was the the hope for all, you know, uh, for the for the black race, you know. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And uh, then you start saying he was getting a little fickle between his uh, between his stances, you know. Uh, yeah. He was for for, for tax. Now all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, you know, now you got a tax increase. Uh, yeah. Another one. He he was for uh, the stance of. Um, uh, marriages between uh, a man, you know, man and woman. Now mm-hmm. you see him signing same-sex marriages. It's crazy, man. Right. All right. So, uh, brother Julius, uh, what's your take on the Hegelian dialectic? <clears throat> the Hegelian dialectic is a um, it's a brainwashing mechanism. Um, right, and, and when you say brainwashing, people a lot of times begin to start thinking far out, and they really don't need to. Brainwashing happens a lot, um, and what it is is, yes, there is um, there is thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. But what it is that people have to remember: you begin with the synthesis in mind. You already know that. It's kind of like, okay, it's kind of like uh, having your mind a chess game, okay? In a chess game, you it's like it's kind of like, okay, you're playing these different parts against each other. And let's just say that this one person is above, in this case, one person above is controlling the outcome, okay? That's kind of how how you would do the Hegelian dialectic. Behind the scene, there's there's a, there's a group of people. And they have, they have, uh, they already have the outcome in mind. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, okay, it's kind of like, um, let's look at history, okay? 
Okay, in, in history you had communism and you had national socialism. Mm-hmm. Okay. The synthesis, you know, the elite don't want communism. They really don't want national socialism. They want a synthesis of national socialism and communism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the synthesis. So because no one now in their right mind is going to want communism. No one in their right mind now is going to want national socialism. So what the elite actually want, the people ain't going to be wanting to fight too much because it's like, well, at least it's not communism, communism or national socialism. So let's give it a try. Mistaken both. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, when you look at it, it's kind of like, okay, um, the, the, the whole theory goes like, you know, uh, conflict brings progress. Here's another way to explain it. Conflict brings progress. Controlled conflict brings controlled progress. Meaning, uh, if I want progress, you know, there needs to be conflict. This, this, mm-hmm. this is their view. There has to be conflict. But why wait for the conflict when I can create the conflict? Right. And if I create the conflict, it'll put people in such a state. Well, they'll well they'll demand, and that that will be that will be the antithesis. They'll they'll demand, we mm-hmm. need you to do something about this. Come on, da, 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 da. and then right here in the middle, they they can guide us mm-hmm. to the synthesis and say this is what this this is what we can do right here, and that's what they wanted to do the entire time. It's yep. just we're being manipulated. We're being manipulated to that center. We're being manipulated to that uh, solution that they want. The solution was there all the time, the so-called solution. So when you look at Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, it's very possible, I believe, and this, is, this, is, this is just Julius, I believe that Hillary is who they want in. Yep. Um, yeah. I believe, I believe Donald Trump, if Donald Trump is not who he says he is, Donald Trump is someone that they're using to be so extreme that the people will go ahead and vote for Hillary and that Hillary will yeah. get in the office. Yeah, and, that's and what but, I said. That's what I did. Yeah. I said that he was yeah. being used as a stepping stone for for Hillary Clinton to get in the office because, look, at he's mm-hmm. too radical. Why would they want a loose cannon Exactly. In the Oval Office, where he's just saying all anything out of his mouth. Well, we need to bomb the crap out of Syria. Well, we need to bomb the crap out of Iran. Well, we need right. to bomb the crap out of Russia. That's and then the, the people are looking like this dude. What? What is this? So we're gonna go over here to the extreme right, so we don't have to. And, and you're absolutely right, Julius. I, I'm I'm sorry I didn't say that. Um, we don't want extreme communism we don't want extreme national socialism so we'll get a stake in both and uh as a result of that you know people are just you know okay well i'm satisfied with getting the crumbs as opposed to being locked up in a prison somewhere because of my views or i'm getting shot and killed by the gestapo because i'm carrying a bible i'll just get a piece of both that way no one really knows what's going on and and so mm-hmm. Hillary kinda, is is kind of like the extreme right and she represents no. the uh no, she, she, she would she would be extreme left right. well she she's the uh 
I, I would say that she's kind of like the extreme right because um, um, Donald said that he was against abortion except for uh, rape and other, you know, uh, problems yes, like that. rape or I, yeah. So I tell you I, another I think, thing that they that they pick it backing up on too. See the the establishment knows that okay they hear the cries of the people just like say for instance for uh, Barack you know everybody uh, was like man we ain't never had a black president well guess what we'll give you a black president mm-hmm. so now now with Hillary and and, and, and if you look at it uh, it definitely playing on you know the accusation that Donald Trump did towards women so she is the women's champion right yeah. You know, she she's fighting. And that's so what hard I was saying. For, right. Uh, I, I think uh, uh I don't know if any of you all uh, have have looked in on this person, but I think I think it was like the seventies or eighties, maybe even before then. I think there's a there's an author <clears throat> named Tony Sutton or Anthony Sutton that tried to, to kind of really uh, in his own way show us show us, you know, the three perspectives he wrote. Um, the Wall Street series, you know, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, Wall Street and the rise of Hitler, Wall Street and FDR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I read Wall that Street, article. Yeah, Wall Street and FDR dealt with what the elite, you could say what the elite actually wants. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that is a corporatism, a corporate type of socialism where corporate they control fascism. things. Yeah, right, where they control things from behind the scenes. You know, we get a form, we do get a form of socialism, but it's not socialism like we know about. You know, right. It's like, it's like another form of socialism. And um, so um, the other side of it, I do want, I do want to say, I, I haven't made up my mind on Donald Trump. I was throwing out, just, just a moment ago, I was throwing out a possibility. Uh, because the other side of, of the Donald Trump thing, which I've kind of toyed with in my mind, is he really could be the real deal. And um, he really could be someone that uh, is... Uh, uh, hold on, uh, Nijita, I'll be back. Okay. okay. Go, ahead. Uh, go ahead, brother. Julius. He, he could be someone that really is <clears throat> against this, you know, whole agenda. Um, and because I, I've tried to, you know, usually when you look at politicians and businessmen and different things like that, and you know about these things, it's not hard to really find certain connections that make you to say, okay, this person is a ball player. This person is a definite insider. Uh-huh. With Donald Trump, I couldn't find any real connections. I've heard people try to say he's a Freemason. I have found no proof of that, none. Right. Yeah. And um, and that's where I'm at. Like, And that's why I ask for everybody's perspective because uh, – you know, that's why I actually brought up the Hegelian dialectic because uh, I'm thinking, like, I'm, try- I'm trying really hard to find whether or not this guy is the real deal or not. And right, right. and even in his rants or his, his – when he's going off, it's like, okay, the, when he's being on loose cannon, you know, they say technically – sometimes, you know, what comes – the Bible says what comes out of a man's Mouth comes from his heart. Mm-hmm. And so when he's going on and on and on, and this was especially uh, prevalent to when he first started running, he was out there on the campaign trail, you know, he would bring up certain issues. 
And one of the main issues that caught my attention was the 10,000 Syrian Muslims who who were Mm. allowed to come here. And he brought up the fact that the Obama administration turned around several Christian Syrians uh, from coming here, but he allowed all these Muslims all these Muslim refugees to come here and turn turn around uh, Christian refugees. And I'm like, no other candidate even brought that up. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm back, by the way. Uh, yeah. I just had a phone call. But uh, I, I think that this whole Hegelian dialectic, and, and first of all, I don't want to go too far into what communism is, but uh, I need to give just a brief history of it. Uh, during the, the um, And it's funny, though, because after the Civil War, all of these isms started to creep into Western society. Uh, we, we look, and it came over from Western Europe, because Western Europe was the seat of the so-called German rationalist movement or the, um, the Enlightenment Age, or the Age of Enlightenment. And where did that come from? Well, it came from a lot of your founders of our country, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine was the first, he was an Englishman, and he wrote a book called The Age of Reason. Uh, and that was a an evil piece of work. Uh, he denied uh Jesus Christ, he denied the gospel, he denied Christianity, he said that my mind is my own church. Uh, a lot of the philosophers that we learn about in, in high school and in college, like Descartes, uh, I think, therefore, I am. See, the, the, a lot of these things that we're learning about with these guys is they is the fact that they honored or they worshipped the God of reasoning, the God of human reasoning, which is humanism. It's humanism. And uh, Nietzsche, Friedrich Nietzsche, who was a uh, philosopher as well, uh, he said that God is dead. Why? Because we killed him with our science. All of these guys started, uh, their views started infiltrating Western society because of the books that they would write. And people from uh, America and England would read these books and and, and adopt their, their ideas and teach them in a lot of the colleges and the Christian schools and the seminaries and things of that sort. So all of that started to creep in to American soil and Western society. So you had people like Charles Darwin. Then all of a sudden you've got Alice Bailey. Then you've got Aleister Crowley. You have um, uh, Phineas Quimby and uh, all of these individuals, all because of that particular era, that particular period in time. And so as a result... We started seeing uh, radicalism rear its ugly head. Um, And what I mean by radicalism, we talked about this before, GT, uh, uh, last year. Radicalism is the idea that I'm going to take things to the extreme. And uh, we had uh, political radicalism. We had national radicalism. Um, A lot of your pro-blacks are you know, a national radicalists. Uh, you, you had communism. Communism started in, in 1917 with the, the Bolshevik, uh, Bolshevik Revolution, Leon Trotsky, uh, Vladimir Lenin, and uh, they 
uh, adopted what is called Marxist-Leninism. Uh, and what Marxist-Leninism is an example, again, of the Hegelian dialectic, the extreme left. And Marxism is the idea that I am going to do what I, what, what, what I was taught, as opposed to the, what you know, socialism is, whereas socialism is pretty much the idea. You know, the, the socialism is pretty much the idea of, uh, or the extreme, not the extreme right or left, but it's kind of like in the middle, and it's leading towards communism. It's leading towards an extremist uh, world where everything is under lock and key, and you have to ask the government for your um, for your meals and things of that sort, and. Mm-hmm. You can't preach the word of God in the streets without fear of being arrested. But we're in the middle, and that's socialism, whereas Marxist-Leninism is, the, is, is uh, uh, communist Russia, China, 1948, 49, with, with um, Mao Zedong. You, you have uh, uh, Marxist-Leninism okay. with... Let with, me stop with, you real quick. Let me stop you real quick, because... Uh, you just brought up you just brought up uh you just brought up something that I was like I was about to go right into that uh like the different forms of government and uh I got a book here that I'm reading it's called The Unseen Hand an introduction to the conspiratorial view of history and it's written by Ralph Ralph Epperson. Ralph Epperson. Right. Yes. <laughs> And uh, chapter 3, I'm going to read this real quick. I'm going to just uh, read a short part of it real quick. And he says here, if the democratic form of government ruled by the majority does not, does not protect the rights of the minority, is there a form of government that does? If, demo, if democracies protect only the strong, is there a form of government that protects both the strong and the weak? Various forms of government exist, but basically there are only two. Ruled by God, which is a theocracy, ruled by man, various forms. Man has no control over whether or not God wishes to form a theocracy, a theocratic form of government. This is God's decision. God will create one or not create one depending on his plans. So this study, this study of government forms will not consider this form of government as a viable alternative. There are various forms of government by man. Some of the more common types are briefly defined as, number one, rule by one, anarchy, rule by one, uh, rule by one man, a dictatorship or monarchy, mm-hmm. rule by a few men, an oligarchy, rule by a majority, a democracy. He continues, anarchy is a form of government in transition between two other forms of government Anarchy is created by those who wish to destroy one form of government so that it can be replaced with the with the form of government uh, the anarchists wish. It, too, will be discarded as a viable alternative. It is generally conceded that even a monarchy or a dictatorship is an oligarchy or a government run by a small ruling minority. This, this part right here really got me thinking because... I'm, again, I'm looking at our our government, and we have the establishment that is paying off Hillary, that is paying off Barack, that is paying off that is paying Bush and all these other people 
who who have been in office for all, for for such a long time. You know how they say, uh, what is it, the one percent or was it five percent, one percent? Yeah. Like this building is controlled by the by one percent. That's mm-hmm. an oligarchy. So I'm reading yeah. this. I'm like, oh my goodness, we are in transit. It look it looks like this government is in transition, uh, going into another form of government. But let me continue. It is generally conceded that even a monarchy or a dictatorship is an oligarchy or a government run by a small ruling minority. Every monarchy has its small circle of advisors who allow the king or dictator to rule as long as he does so in the manner pleasing to the oligarchy. Oh, well, let's think about what JFK did. JFK tried to get uh, get away from the Federal Reserve's and put us back on the silver and gold standard, which is so important. What happened? He got killed. Mm. Let me continue. Uh, even monarch, see, uh, every monarchy has a small little circle of advisors who allow the king to, or, the, or the dictator to rule as long as he does in a manner pleasing to the oligarchy. It is doubtful that there has ever been a true dictatorship ruled by one person anywhere in the world, except in some isolated instances, such as in a tribe or in a clan. Such is also the case with a democracy. Now, I don't know if y'all remember, I posted something. I said, hey, y'all remember? I said it was a democracy that called for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Such such is also the case with a democracy. For so this form of government is traditionally controlled at the top by a small ruling oligarchy. The people in a democracy are conditioned to believe that they are indeed the decision-making power in the government. But in truth, there is almost always a small circle at the top making the decisions for the entirety. So the only true form of government throughout history has been an oligarchy, a rule by a minority. Now, he goes on, and I'm going to finish here. As proof of these contentions, one has to only read the 1928 United States Army Training Manual, which defined a democracy as a government of masses, authority derived through masses through mass meetings or any form of direct expression, results in mobocracy. That's the mob. Attitude towards property is communistic, negating property rights. Attitude, you see what's going on with the uh, with the Indian tribes now, right? Government is mm-hmm. trying to take their land, take the water, so that they can establish, uh, I think it's some type of um, gas pipeline or something uh, through their reservation. So here you have a ruling elite of people who have all this money, and they're trying to strip away the land from these Indians again, and they, they're using the government to do it. So this is a democracy. It, this is a democracy form of government at work right now. In this case, all right. Let me continue. Uh, all right. Attitude towards law is that the will of the majority shall regulate, whether it be based upon deliberation or governed by passion, prejudice, and impulse, without restraint or regard to consequences. This results in demagogism, license, agitation, discontent, and anarchy. 
a democracy, according to this definition, is actually controlled by a demagogue defined as a speaker who seeks to make capital of social discontent and gain political influence. And a demagogue pretty much are the politicians we have in office and the president. So I'm looking at what's going on now, and it seems like this country is in a tra- in a transition from a from it went it already went from a republic into a democracy, and now the democracy it seems like it's being transformed was it's the democracy pretty much this is an oligarchy, and then from a, an oligarchical uh, forgive me if I'm not saying it right an oligarchical government then transforms into Guess what? A communist government. So that's why I thought this subject was so important because whoever gets into office, and if it's Hillary, I believe she will slingshot us into that form of government. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, because uh, Hillary is there, and Obama are close friends. As a matter of fact, Hillary is a uh, as a matter of the, the Clintons, not just Hillary, but the Clintons are uh, subscribers to uh, Sololinsky's ideas. And if you're not familiar with Sololinsky's book Rules for Radicals, that's what got Obama well known. You know, he was a communist. He was a a community organizer in Chicago. And he was uh he represented Acorn when he was a lawyer, when he when he was uh an attorney. And Acorn is a, a uh, an organization uh, it's a socialist organization back in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that that's how uh Obama got into the field of politics. But um nobody questioned this because again, pro blacks are not privy to to true history. As a matter of fact, they're history revisionists. Um, now, let me go back to what I was talking about before. Uh, again, we in order to understand what's going on now, we have to go back into the realm of history. We have to go back through the time machine and go back to the 1800s to the, um, the Enlightenment era or German rationalism. It wasn't just spiritual in nature. Some, a lot of pastors get this confused. They they think that it was just spiritual in nature and that's where all the false teaching came from. It started seeping into our churches. Well, yeah, that's part of the problem. That's part of it. But the whole story basically is political in nature because that's where most of our forms of government came from. The uh, you know, you look at England. England was a it still is a monarchy. Uh, you look at uh, a lot of uh, countries over there in Western Europe. Either they're socialists, uh, like Denmark, uh, Sweden, Switzerland, um, Italy. All of them are still under some type of socialist democratic rule. And you've got Must some talk countries about that, that just. Yeah, I'm sorry, and, and some, I'm going to talk about that. Go ahead. But, yeah, and, and some of them, some of the countries over there in Western Europe went sh- straight communism. You know, they just went straight into communism. Um, 
Russia. Russia is a prime example. Soviet Union. Uh, I, I was, I'm a wrestling fan. I used to look at the National Wrestling Alliance back in the 80s, the territorial organizations. And it was funny, though, because I was a kid. I didn't understand why Magnum TA was feuding with uh, the Russians. But after, when I was in my 20s, I kind of understood it because, well, I understood why. Because back in the 80s, we had, um, communism was not, well, it wasn't dead until, quote, unquote, 1989 when Reagan told Gorbachev to tear down the wall. But it was back then, America and Russia was in a war. I forget what it was called back in the 80s. And they, they, they capitalized on that particular storyline. But we all know Russia is a communist country even to this day. Um, you look at uh, Italy... Italy, uh, of course, you, you guys are, are familiar with a guy by the name of Benito Mussolini. He was a fascist, yeah. uh, a, single, mm-hmm. a single dictator, just like Hitler. You, you look at, uh, and again, totalitarianism, what we need to understand what totalitarianism is. It's a, it's a dictatorship run by one person, and that's, you, you have your um, um, examples like, for instance, Hitler and, and Mussolini. Then you have your oligarchies. Your oligarchs are ruled by uh, many people that are involved in the elite. Then you have uh, us, you know, which is a, de- a democracy, which is ruled by a ruling class. And it may be a president. It may be uh, – but those th- that president is ruled by uh, shadow government, members of a shadow mm-hmm. government, members – of a an elite ruling class of people, Hillary Clinton. Who's backing her? Who's giving her millions of dollars? It's the people like George Soros. Of course, right. you know who's Hillary. Clinton. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah, who's uh, pretty much in Hillary Clinton's pocket, or the other way around? <laughs> uh, well, and and you know, and then of course. George Soros is a eugenicist. This is why you see a lot of progressives speaking in public forums like Planned Parenthood rallies. Man, man, and they ought to be ashamed of themselves, man. Yeah. Man, yeah. Job, want to say something? Oh, no, I was just picking back. I said, man, when I read about eugenics, Man, that that was the most disturbing stuff ever. Man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And believe it or not, um, eugenics they used uh and this is another reason this I'm going off subject just a tad bit here. But this is another reason why evolution was is pushed so hard because it falls on it's like a found it's the foundation for eugenics. Yeah. It's like when you look at people like animals, and then you say, what, you got the law of the jungle, only the strong survive? Strong survive, yeah. Yeah, in their mindset, if you are a specific color, if you have a specific handicap, you are a deplorable. You're you're no good to the society. But um, 
before we go any further, what I want to do is go ahead and uh, I want to get into the Bible. <clears throat> and I want to look at what's going on as far as the New World Order is concerned and what the Bible has to say about it. Now, uh, and I, again, I would love to hear y'all brother's perspective on this analysis. And here's my analysis. And in Daniel chapter 7, verse 23, it reads, Thus he said, the fourth beast, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Now, I understand the fourth beast in Daniel mentioned here is the, is the last secular government to be here on this earth prior to the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, this world order, well, here it says that it devours the whole earth. And this is where I believe that this kingdom will do just that. It will consume the whole earth. The whole world will be under this uh, this rule. <clears throat> but this government is also a government that will be anti-God. And... Or and actually anti-Christ. And so what I thought about, I was like, okay, this world order is, is, is against God, and it's a world order, a new world order. But technically it's not really a new world order. It's just an old world order that was first started by, of course, Nimrod, who established the first world order. Now we read here in Genesis, Genesis uh, chapter 10, Genesis chapter 10, verses 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I'm going to read it through. And Cush begat Nimrod, who began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, Kalmah, in the land of Shinar. And out of that land went forth Asher to build and build it Nineveh in the city of Rehoboth and Kalah, and risen between Nineveh and Kalah, the same is that great city. Now, geographically, all these cities, all these places are located in what we call the Middle East today, right? Uh, Iraq, or the land of Shinar, is actually in the land that is modern-day Iraq. Now, let's continue on to Genesis 11 and see what it says here. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. I believe that Satan is trying to get the world back to this world order. Mm -hmm. So uh, Genesis 11, 1 and 2, well, I'm going to continue. And the, whole earth, and the whole earth was of one language and one speech, and it came to pass that they journeyed from the east, and they found that they found land, that they, I'm sorry, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. Remember, Shinar was a place, uh, uh, a kingdom founded by who? Nimrod. And they dwelt there. And they said one to another, "Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly." And they had a, and they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, "Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make make a name, these would be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth." I'm gonna stop right here. This right here, this 
gold that they had was completely against what God said. God told them to go out and replenish the whole earth. No, what they wanted to do, they wanted to stay together and make a name for themselves. Now, I'm going to continue on. He says, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built it. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one, and they, ha- and they have all one language. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not, may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad, abroad from thence upon the face of the whole earth, and they left off, the, left off building the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, from my observations again, this is there's a there's a very deep discussion surrounding the reason why God wanted to do this concerning confounding the languages, but I'm gonna keep it simple tonight. I just wanted to point out the fact that all these lands mentioned <clears throat> were controlled by Nimrod, and it was him who established what we call this mystery religion, at the Tower of Babel, which later on became uh, Babylon. And this is why I believe the Bible refers to it in Revelation 17 as mystery Babylon or the religions associated with Babylon. And what is it, then it's like, what is it about Babylon? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is it referred to as a woman? And why is it so relevant in these last days. Now, if you believe in the literal history of the Bible, we see that it was Babel from where all these religions sprung up. And notice that many of the ancient religions all uh, have several concepts or some of the same concepts of sun worship, like they had in ancient Egypt. And like even today, the Catholics, Roman Catholicism, uh, uh, they technically worship the sun. Uh, worship of the moon, which was called sin, and this is this is actually the crescent moon, which the Muslims worship. Some, and they don't even know it. Uh, also, you got the worship of the stars, and sometimes the planets. Sometimes the planets are called stars because of the perspective we have here on Earth. Uh, the earth itself is also worship, and we see Wiccans today. Men, they, we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. The elements of the earth, like fire, water, and the wind, is worship as God as well. Like Egypt had God. God the of the earth. Right. Uh, now, but because God changed the languages, and I'm sure all of y'all understand this, because God changed the languages, the uh, the, the sun, the moon, and the star gods uh, of Babel all took on different names, but their symbols, for the most part, remained the same. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the symbols is the obelisk. And before I go on, this is where I wanted to point to concerning our current governments, our governments, especially ours, since we're here in America and we're focusing on ours. Why is it that our government says that oh, they got to have separation of uh, church and state, but yet they put up 
religious icons and religious idols all around this country. You got the Washington Monument, which is an obelisk, and you have the Statue of Liberty, which is pretty much the Queen of Heaven. Uh, what's y'all take on this before I go on? I was going to, well, um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that even the idea of separation of church and state, I've, I've tried to bring this out before, uh, even on my page. Um, the separation, of, the idea of separation of church and state is, you know, Masonic. Mm-hmm. Definitely Masonic. Masonic. Yeah. Um, uh, our founding documents are Masonic. Now, that does not mean that I, what I'm about to say is complex. It's going to be complex. Uh, that's not me saying that that they're all together just something you should toss out. But what I am saying is that they are Masonic, and it was and our documents. When you study them, you study them were set in a, in a way to where if we could handle freedom, we would have freedom. But if we couldn't handle freedom, we would hang ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now you have to really look into it to, to to really see that. But America is called the Great Experiment. Why? When they, yeah. when when Ben Franklin came out of that meeting and the woman. Met him. She said, "What have you given us, sir?" He said, "A republic, if you can keep it." Why did he say that? <laughs> because, because, <clears throat> because it, it, it's an experiment, and it, and it was set up in such a way to where, again, if we hung ourselves, uh, Ralph Epperson talks about this in in uh, one of his lectures, uh, the, the author of the Unseen Hand. That is because if we hung ourselves, and and we could not handle freedom. They put the means in the Constitution for us to hang ourselves. Right. And, and right now, we're hanging ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, that's the sad part. Right now, is we're hanging ourselves. But the idea of separation of church and state is Masonic. And I tell people all the time, why come it isn't separation of religion and state? But it's only separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. It's only separation of church and state because the ancient enemy of Freemasonry is the church. Amen. Amen. And I remember calling into a talk show one time, uh, and they was making a big deal about religion and things of that nature. And I, I actually called to be facetious, you know. And I was like, well, and I said the same thing. I said, well, why? I said, why, why are they so up in, uh, why are they so up in arms about religion, about what uh, Christians are doing here in this country? I said, they have their religious icons standing up. You got the obelisk in Washington D.C. You got the uh, Statue of Liberty standing up, uh, which is a statue of a goddess. So why, why are y'all being a hypocrite? Fussing about what uh, the Christian religion when the government has has its own religion, and that's another thing I wanted to get into about this mm-hmm. government, about this new world order, because uh, we cannot forget about the spiritual realm and its influence on the world. Now, in Ephesians six twelve, he says, "But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities." against powers, 
against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, we live here in the flesh, and so we can't really see, we can't see the spiritual realm unless God somehow reveals it to us or these spiritual beings reveal themselves. This is all due to our separation from the Garden of Eden. Eden was a place... Uh, Eden was a, a place that was like interdimensional, it was spiritual and physical simultaneously. But God placed a veil when he removed man from the garden. He placed a veil between the spiritual and the physical, and it was mainly for our protection. Now, the Bible says, again, uh, second, let me find it real quick. Okay. Here it is. All right. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 4, it says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I want to focus in on that word God. God here in the Greek is theos, and it can refer to God, Jesus Christ, or anything referring to uh, the God of heaven. However, it can also be uh, a reference to rulers, judges, and magistrates. And in the context of the scriptures here, when it's talking about uh, the God of this world, it's talking about Satan is the ruler or the magistrate of this current world. And sometimes when we hear world, we usually think about the world, the physical world, but here, the word aeon is being used, and aeon in the Greek is a reference to a time frame or age, and which means that Satan is the god of this time frame, or he's in control. He has control during this time frame, and it's all because of what happened with Adam, or Adam's fall in the garden. Now, Satan pretty much is like, okay, you got a house, God, or uh, let's say, uh a builder of a house, he gave he gave this house to uh, to a man, but the man violated his contract, and uh, he violated his contract, and by doing so, he was no longer able to hold the contract to the house. But in the meantime, while the house was vacant, somebody comes along and squats in the house, and that's pretty much what Satan is doing. He came in, okay, now. He's the ruler of this, of this dark world, of this time frame, and now he has the opportunity to influence the governments of this world while man is in his fallen state. And being that Jesus Christ is the second Adam, uh, he will remove Satan, Satan who's squatting in this earth and set up his kingdom for a thousand years. But in the meantime, in the meantime, the Bible tells us that there will be seven kingdoms or governments to rule, and we are uh, we're shown at this time, or we're shown that it is, that is Satan who who is the power behind these empires. Uh, if you look in Isaiah fourteen twelve, he says, "How about falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground?" which did its weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also 
and the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now, some people don't agree that this is speaking about Lucifer, but about uh, Lucifer is not is not uh, uh, the devil or Satan, but it's actually talking about a Babylonian king. Now, I've done the research because I've gotten into several debates about this, and if you look at the time frame and the history to when Isaiah was written, there are several kings that were in power in Babylon because there was a struggle between Syria and Babylon at the time. It was going back and forth, back and forth. So we can't really identify which king it was. But in any case, I always like to take the double application perspective, meaning he could be talking to a physical king, but at the same time he could also be referring to the power behind the throne. Uh Let's look at Ezekiel real quick. When you look at Ezekiel 28:12, it says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the song, the full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the cur and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes were prepared in the day that thou was created. Ezekiel uh, uh, twenty-eight fourteen. He continues, Thou art an anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Now, we know that Ezekiel was first told to take up a lamentation against the prince of Tyre, and then he was told to take up a lamentation against the king. Now, if you notice, if you notice when he's speaking to the prince of uh, Tyree, he tells him, uh, you say that you are a god, but you are a man, and you will die as a man. And then he turns around and tells Ezekiel to give a lamentation to the king of Tyree. And this tells me, and this is my observation, this tells me that this king, whoever he was that, that uh, Ezekiel was talking to, he was in the Garden of Eden. He was in the presence of God, walking up and down the stones of fire, the mountain, the mountain of God. He is called a cherub. He was made with stones. Again, he's called the anointed cherub. And a cherub, of course, we know is a is an angelic being who who uh, flanked the throne of God, and they also. Uh, were set up to guard the Garden of Eden. Now, notice, Ezekiel says that he, again, walked up and down the fiery mountain of God. There, there ain't no way in the world a, a mere human being, even Adam wasn't, uh, that we know of, wasn't walking up and down the the, the mountain of the fiery mountains of fire, of the fiery mountains of stone. Uh, Adam was in the garden. He's tilling, he's tilling the garden, him and Eve. 
No mere human could could have done that. And the only this and only this anointed cherub uh uh was able to do so. And again, a cherub is an angelic being. And if we look back at Isaiah fourteen, I mean mm-hmm. Isaiah fourteen twelve and look at Ezekiel and let the Bible interpret itself, we will see that this angelic being, he's called the king of a geographical place in one place, and he's also called uh, he's called Lucifer here in Isaiah, and he was the king of Babylon. So Satan, ha- he has to be, and also he's called the god of this world. So he has to have, uh, this has to be the power behind these uh, governments. But let me, let me continue. So the main point that I'm making is that Satan is in control of these secular governments. And when you look at America, we see all these religious symbols on the dollar bill, the uh, religious idols like the Statue of Liberty, the, uh, the Washington Monument. And what Satan is doing, he is leading them all, every, every single country in the world, he's leading them into this new world order. And it's going to be a world government that is completely anti-God and anti-Christ. And when you read in Revelation uh, chapter uh, 13, where John sees this beast coming up out of the earth, and it says that his, on the head, on his, it was the name of blasphemy. And this is how we know that this government, whatever it is, is going to be anti-Christ, anti-God. So let's see. uh, Now, David, you brought up about, you brought up communism. And what I want to do, well, unless uh, uh, anybody that, you know, is going to respond to what I just, everything I just said, uh, please do so before I go on. I know you good, bro. David. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm. You raised a couple of uh, interesting points when you uh, looked at Revelation 13, Daniel's chapter seven, uh, and you went all the way back to Genesis chapter 10, and you made a. Um, you, you backed up all of your points with scripture, and. Uh, you're right. Um, Satan was in, in control. You look at all of these governments like the, the Roman Empire, Persia, uh, well, the Medo-Persia uh, Empire. You look at uh, Babylon. Excuse me. You look at uh, the Chaldeans. You look at all of these empires from Genesis all the way up until now. Satan was in control of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you look at the, especially Babylon. Uh, I, I did a study in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, especially chapter seven and forty-four, where uh, the Chaldeans, which not named Babylonians, they were um, worshiping a false god known as Astaroth, and they were baking cakes to the Queen of Heaven, mm-hmm. uh, and they had a problem with the occult. As a matter of fact, they worshipped everything, especially people, the Egyptians. They worshipped all kinds of things. They were pantheistic. 
And they worshipped all kinds of gods, the gods of the water, gods of the lake, god of of fish, the god of food, the god of the sun, the god of the, the air, the god of trees and pollen and all kinds of other nonsense. And this is occultism in and of uh, just straight out of uh, out of the book of the occult. You, you look at um, and there's another thing that you mentioned. You, you mentioned something about the um, nature, uh, the five pinnacles of yeah. the earth. Earth, wind, water, fire, air, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's witchcraft. That's the Wiccan religion. And I'm not right. going to get too much into it, but uh, that's the pentagram with the point going up as opposed to the inverted pentagram, which is representative of the Satanist church or black magic. Um, so before you go on, so is it any surprise that our government and the United Nations is pushing uh, the global initiative on global warming and things of that nature? This is, this is nature worship. This is earth worship. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dave. But yeah, um, and then, uh, but all of the other uh, nations and America is, uh, when the Roman Empire collapsed, um, we were seeing another rise of an empire. And we had all of these wars, the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, uh, World War One and Two, and then now we have America, the Great, you know, and 1776, uh, the uh, Constitution was written, the Declaration of Independence, and nobody knows that 40 of those writers, those those uh, signers, were all in were were Masons. They were they were involved in Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at Thomas Paine and his work. I want everybody to, if, if you can, if you have the money, or whatever, just uh, order Age of Reason. And you'll find that the God that they prayed to or the God that they mentioned is not the God of the Bible. Uh, right. Pre- preachers will uh, swear up and down that they, George Washington worship, uh, prayed to the Lord. You know, he believed that in Jesus Christ as his Savior. He did not. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was totally silent about his faith. Um you look at uh, Benjamin Franklin, who was a member of the Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at uh, Thomas Paine, who brought Benjamin Franklin over to America, who wrote, I think he wrote, um, I'm not sure if he wrote the Declaration of Independence or he was one of the signers, I'm not sure, but uh, I would have to research that, so don't go uh, with me on that. But Thomas Paine was is the, if you want to look at the the history of America, always look towards Thomas Paine because he was the one that kind of got things in order, got things running as far as uh, the New World Order. And But, yeah, look at all these religious, you know, uh, symbols that you see in Washington, the monument. Uh, you look at... Um, um, Lincoln's uh, memorial, yeah. uh, that you've got a mermaid uh, somewhere. I, I didn't. I, I was passing through Washington, and uh, you, you had this little strange little 
statue right next to the monument. I think not right next to it, but it's kind of like maybe a few blocks down. It's weird, and and I didn't know what it was because I was on a bus, and he he was going uh, down I-95, and I saw it. And I was like, what in the world is that? And then I looked at it, and it was like, oh, that's uh, Neptune. So if this is a Christian nation, why do we have all of these pagan uh, statues all over Washington? And by the way, before I I turn it back over to to GT, uh, look at the – uh, I want you to look at the, the Statue of Liberty, and uh, that was a gift that was sent over to us by France. And uh, the Statue of Liberty is, again, a goddess. What is mm-hmm. that goddess? The goddess of reason. You know, uh, keep the torch lit. What does that mean? It means keep the the light of enlightenment or the flames of enlightenment lit, the flames of wisdom, which is enlightenment. And that's, you know, in the occult world, that's called esotericism. esotericism. Um, But that's what the Statue of Liberty means. It's it's the goddess of reason. And that's what a lot of the philosophers worshipped. They worshipped at the feet of wisdom and um, enlightenment. Right. And again, you brought up World War, and that's exactly where I was going with it next. And as I keep pointing out, I'm seeing a transition. And I'm not afraid, you know what I'm saying? I'm not afraid. You know, the Bible tells us, you know, fear no man but God. Do not fear them who can destroy the body, but fear him who can destroy both the body and the spirit in hell. So I'm not afraid of what's coming. But what I see and what I believe, I believe that God is still in control. And I believe, again, this election is so important because it, let's just say that our votes, let's just say our votes don't count. But at least it gives us a, it gives the powers that be and although God already knows our hearts, it gives us a status as to where this country's mind is at as a whole. Does the majority of the people want a Hillary in office, or do the majority of the people want a Trump in office? And based upon the policies that these two are offering, I think it determines what our where our country is going Next, and as we've already pointed out, there is a secret destiny. There is a a plan for this country, as you said, uh, Brother Julius. It's a great experiment, the uh, the great experiment, and they have been experimenting with us with these different forms of government, with these different policies that they throw out, with the uh, creation of the Federal Reserve and how they stole the people's gold and all this other stuff. Uh, the introduction of um, Roe versus Wade, uh, Margaret Sanger, all, all these social experiments, and the people of America has either voted for it or voted against it. But the plan is uh, made short. Are you guys familiar with uh, Albert Pike, 
Yep. Oh yeah. And are, are y'all familiar with his with the letter he wrote to Joseph Mazzini, the uh, the founder of the Italian uh, mob? Mm-hmm. His, his plans for three world wars. Well, I got it pulled up here, and I'm going to read the first one. The first world war must be, and this is Albert Pike. He says that uh, anybody who don't know who Albert Pike was, who may listen to this later, and who else is on the phone, is he he was a 33rd degree Freemason, he was a Confederate general of the South, and there are even uh, ties. There's even ties with him being involved in the in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Um, as a matter of fact, John Wilkes Booth was a Freemason. This thing is go, this rabbit hole goes very deep. It goes really deep. We ain't even really touched the iceberg. But this man's statue is set up in Washington D.C. Not only that, if you look, I believe on the back of the five dollar bill or the ten dollar bill, you would see his statue on the $5 bill, on the back, on one of the dollar bills. So here we go again. A Confederate general on the back of a dollar bill, he must have been an important person for them to do that. Mm-hmm. So his plans for uh, three world wars. And this is, this is quite interesting because the plans that he set out, the powers that be have actually implemented it, and I'm going to show you how, how close we are. The First World War must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the czars in Russia and of making that country a fortress of atheistic communism. Communism is nothing but Luciferianism. That's all it is. Let me continue. The divergence caused by the agenter or agents of the Illuminati between the British and the Germanic empires will be used to permit this war. At the end of the war, communism will be built and used in order to destroy the other governments in order to weaken the religions. Proof. Students, um, I'm continuing reading the article here, the students of history will recognize political alliances of England on one side and Germany on the other side, forged between 1871 and 1898. By Otto von Bismarck, co-conspirator of Albert Pike, were instruments in bringing about the First World War. We call this war the Great War. The, uh, and I'm going into a little bit more detail as to how the Tsar of Russia was killed. Uh, during the 1800s, the central banks were uh, was attempting to create a coup, and they wanted to establish a central bank in Russia. The czar, I forgot his name, he, he went berserk. He said he would never, ever go, uh, go along with that, and they kind of stalled their plans. Lord Rothschild, who was alive at that time, said that, uh, because of that, eventually he was going to have to be removed. And they carried that plan out 
I believe it was like 1902-1905 when the Tsar of Russia was killed, and then it it initiated the Great War. So he continues. The Second World War, now notice what he says here. The Second World War must be fomented by the ta- by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. <clears throat> this war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed and that the political Zionism is strong enough to institute a sovereign state in Israel and Palestine. During the Second World War, International communism must become strong enough to balance Christendom, which would be restrained and held in check until the time when we would need it for the final social cataclysm. And it says here, after the Second World War, communism was made strong enough to begin taking over weaker governments. As we already pointed out, David pointed out how communism spread from Germany, then it went into China, because China was actually under a monarchy at the time. But Mao Chase, was it Mao Chase Sun? Am I saying um, his name correctly? Mao Pei-Sung, I think his name is. Yes. Yeah. He became a dictator. Uh, anarchy came in, and then dictatorship came in and turned China into a communist uh, regime. And then it spread all through Europe. So after the Second World War, communism was made strong enough to begin taking over uh, weaker governments. In 1945, at the Potsdam Conference between Truman, Churchill, and Stalin, a large portion of Europe was simply handed over to Russia. And on the other side of the world, the aftermath of the war with (coughs) with Japan helped to sweep the tide of communism into China. Now, let's just go ahead to the third war. And, again, this is why, this is why I'm I'm so serious about getting this message out there because, people, I'm telling you right now, this plan for a third world war is upon us right now. If they want to implement this third war, we see the plans happening right before us. And keep in mind, this was written around 1870. And to see what Albert Pike wrote in the plans for a third world war and to see it come into pass means that their plans for a new world order, period. Here we go. Third world war must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agents of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Meanwhile, the other nations once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical collapse or exhaustion. America is so stretched out around the world. Remember George Bush said that we had to fight against the axes of evil. Also, 
uh, this is when um, in two, 2001 is when our fight began against Islamic terrorism, the global war on terrorism. He continues here. He says, we shall unleash the nihilist or the nihilist and the atheist, and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism, origin of savagery, and of the most bloody turmoil. Then every, everywhere the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude, disillusioned, disillusioned with Christianity, whose deistic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction, anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer, brought finally out in the public view. Uh, do I need to say, do I need to keep, keep going? Look at how they, what they, they want to get Christianity out of the schools, but they bring in Satanism in, and they mm-hmm. teaching kids the five pillars, the five pillars of Islam. Yep. Okay, tell me this plan is not uh, uh, underway. I'm going to read this last sentence. This manifestation will result from the general reactionary movement, which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. The main goal is to get rid of Christians, get rid of Christianity in the whole world. Does this not sound like a page out of Revelation? Uh, I'm, uh, anybody got anything they want to say? Well, yeah. Um, I was going to uh, go and... Uh, Add to what you just said. Uh, the I was going to use a um, I was going to use you know Adolf Hitler said something that was pretty interesting um, that was pretty interesting. He said that uh, National Socialism will aid in the formation of a new world order. Mm. And so he was for a new world. As a matter of fact, the the Nazism was based off of um the occult when when uh Heimlich him when Himmler uh ordered the uh the, the Scapo or the secret police to uh over to Tibet uh, they believed. Well, it, this all this idea came out of um, Helena Blavatsky's book, *The Secret Doctrine*. Hitler was a follower, or he subscribed to uh, Blavatsky's teaching about the Aryan man. And the Aryan man, they believed that this guy was buried somewhere in Tibet, and so Himmler ordered the. Um, his men to go over and do an excavation to uh, find out where this first Aryan man was. And 
this is where the Nazism was born out of, out of um, um, Blavatsky's teachings. Mm-hmm. So, um, a new world order, like you said, Nijiti, this is spawned straight out of the mouth of hell. This is um, Satan's kingdom. Um, the Bible says in Second Corinthians 4, verses 4, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of those that believe not, lest the glorious lest the light of the glorious gospel is shown about them. So the God of this world, and the Greek word for God, well, of course, it's lowercase, so we know that the God is, in that context, is not talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, but he's talking about the devil. He's talking about um, he is the God of this world, i.e., the Greek term uh, for that uh, for world in that context is aeon, which means age, or this world system. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of um, uh, Satan's or a lot of uh, Satanists believe that they're going to take over the world, and they're going to. And the only way for them to take over the world is to get rid of Christians, is to get rid of the church, the body of Christ because we're standing in their way of ultimate world takeover. And this is why um, there's no room for a republic. There's no room for a country that is for, uh, you know, for the people, by the people. And so in order for for, for, uh, Satanists and Luciferians to take over the world again, they have to get rid of the church and they have to uh, and this is why a lot of your so-called false teachers like uh, Rick Warren and all of these guys, they're trying to initiate this one world government. They're trying to initiate like a synchronization of all of the world religions and uh, what I mean by uh, syncretism is the, the combination or the joining together of all of the world's religions. And at the top of the list is the beast. You have the woman that rides the beast. This is in Revelation chapter 17. And sooner or later, that woman is going to be, uh, the, the beast is going to turn on the woman and he's going to take over the world. He's going to just... Uh, right. Look, I got it right here. I got it right here. I'm looking at it right here. <laughs> Revelation 17:16. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For yep. God has put it in their hearts to fulfill His will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the word of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Now, uh, that's a that's a whole other debate too because people are saying, "Oh, this is Rome," and then some people say this is Mecca. And me, I just say it's the whole religious system that started back at Babel, which we see in all of these religions today. Uh, I don't consider uh, our faith to be a religion because. For me, it's a lifestyle. But in any case, any any anti-Christian religion makes up or is a a component of this mystery Babylon. And just like I read 
from Albert Pike's own words, his goal is to use, is to allow the religion of Christianity and Islam and Zionism to to flourish only but for only for a little little while, and then use atheistic or atheistic communism to wipe them all out and establish the Luciferian religion over the world. So when it comes to the election, I'm not I don't I can't put dates on anything, but God has given us the signs. He has given us the eyes he has given us eyes to see, ears to hear. And when we see what's going on in the world, especially here in America, we have a we have a, a candidate who is She is definitely for open borders. She is definitely for funding abortion using taxpayers' money. And she wants to silence Christian voices. Mm -hmm. Then you have another candidate who wants to build a wall to keep out illegal immigrants cut government funding for abortions, at least that's what he says, and he has no aversion to Christian voices. Who you heard, as a matter of fact, he spoke up for Christians who were denied entry into the United States over Muslims. Which one do, which one of these two candidates do America want? I guess we're going to find out November the, uh, 8th. Yeah, buddy. We're going to find out. Now, me personally, I want to vote, but I'm just praying. I'm just praying on it because I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. But the only thing that I can really do is prepare my home and do these shows consistently so that the word can get out and make people aware. And it's crazy. You know, Donald Trump, if, Do- if Donald Trump is lying, and like I said, we're already going to go ahead, we might as well just go ahead and start preparing now. But if he's lying and he's part of the whole Hegelian dialectic, then the persecution here in America will be uh, following, and, and we'll be following pretty soon. But if he's not lying, because we already know what we're getting with Hillary. We I mean, we know what we're getting. Again, she went open borders, abortions, silence the Christians, give up our sovereignty to international bankers. That's what she wants. We know that. With Trump, is is we hope he's not lying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate to call it this, but he's like the great white hope. <laughs> Some people, I heard somebody say that today. He's the great white hope. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know. If he's lying, then, you know, this persecution is, is just going to be swift. But if he's not lying, I believe God, and I told uh, Brother Darian this one time before, because we had the same uh thoughts on this situation. 
if Trump is not lying about his policies and what he wants to do, I believe God is going to use him at least for a little while. <clears throat> it's almost like the law before the storm, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like right before that big storm hits, God always takes a break, even like with the three woes, you know what I'm saying? Woe, woe, woe into the inhabitants of the, of the earth. He pauses his judgment. He 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 stalls it for a while to give the people time to repent, to get themselves right. And I believe, I honestly believe, if Trump gets into office, this will be America's last chance. Uh, well, technically, I mean, America's going to be judged anyway. But this will be a time where people will need to do some self-reflection the church, the church definitely, the church definitely will have to do some self-reflecting because whether uh, Trump or Hillary gets in, uh, persecution here in America, that's going, it's going to rise anyway because guess what? We got Syrian refugees here. We have, uh, uh, what I said, uh, you got policies that have already been passed and that could very well be passed if Hillary gets into office, that will bring about persecution. We've seen that already under the Obama administration where people were being sued for not marrying uh, a male and a male or a female and a female or not wanting to bake a cake for a homosexual couple where they could have just went somewhere else. Oh, you don't want to bake a cake for us because you're a Christian is against your convictions. Okay, we understand. We're going to go somewhere else. But no. See, the mob rules. The mob wants the Christian to do what it wants to do. They want to force us to do what they want us to do. And if we don't, they're going to take us to court and sue us. Jesus said that these things was going to happen. They hated me, Jesus said, and they're going to hate you. The servant is not greater than the master. They should hate you for my name's sake. Policy. Persecution by policy. Persecution from ISIS. You better believe we got ISIS members here already on the news. What? There's a terrorist attack brewing in New York. They don't know that. We don't have like several terrorist attacks already here in America. The club in Florida the stabbing at the mall, the shooting in California, now, uh, oh, the bombings in New York, and now we got another threat in New York, right before the elections. But here it is. Obama doesn't want to call it Islamic terrorism. He let these people in, but yet he turned a blind eye to the possibilities of these people who's coming in to be terrorist. Is it possible that he knows that and he wants that to happen? I mean, go to Prophecy Watch when you get a chance and look at some of the articles I done put up. The Iraqis in our the Iraqi army had started refusing American help because they found out that America was dropping weapons to ISIS. And now with all the WikiLeaks coming out, 
we see that Hillary Clinton is connected to funding ISIS in Libya. Why is she running? Why is she allowed hmm. to run? This is crazy. Hmm. And then you still got people supporting this woman. I, it, it's beyond is beyond my understanding. I, I I I can't explain it. I just can't explain it. Mm-hmm. Don't I mean, no one can. I mean, look. I mean, look at the environment, brothers. Look, look what's going on, on on Facebook with with Christians, Christians on one side, Christians on the other side, going at each other's throats. Uh, Dave, I, I don't know if y'all saw the discussion. I mean, uh, uh, supposed brother and Lord. I ain't going to say his name, comes on my wall, my wall. This is my personal wall. I can say what I want on my wall. He gets oh, mad. yeah, 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 uh, yeah. He gets mad because I don't. I, wanna, I want the wall built. I want the wall built. There has been 7,700 terrorist linked, uh, 7,700 attacks or possible attacks or near attacks at the border states. And, and not to mention, not not to mention, uh, you, you all of those communicable diseases that medical science has defeated fifty years ago, sixty years ago, they're back. Hastings disease. There was a um, a case of Hastings disease, which is the medical term for leprosy. I think it was over in Indiana somewhere. We got a return of pertussis, which is whooping cough. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a um, there they, they was a a case of the plague um, somewhere in um, some city in in Illinois. I can't remember off the top of this was about maybe four or five years ago. But because Obama is allowing these immigrant illegal immigrants to come over here and set up shop, have children. And now they're taking up jobs, and, and, and as a result, employers are not hiring us. They're hiring them because, hey, they don't want insurance. They don't want, you know, they just want seven or eight dollars an hour so they can take care of, you know, the fifty other people that are living in their house. Right. But we were talking about this with a brother on on his site, on his uh, thread, and he called me an idiot. And he called him a uh, GT an idiot. You're right, and and that's what I'm talking about. It's like your uh, people cannot drop their bias, their personal biases, to look at the good of the nation. You know, what I'm saying the good of the country. This is not about Republican and Democrat. It's not about that. It's about the security of this nation, and we're losing it. We yeah. already, and in regards to what you were saying, Dave, about the diseases, look at this. Matthew 24, and Jesus said, Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed, this is verse 4. Jesus said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, seeing that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
for nation shall rise against nation. And here that word nation is ethnos, 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 like race. Here we are, man. Race against race shall rise against race. Ethnicities shall rise against ethnicities. The racial tension in this country since slavery hasn't been this bad since since slavery. The, but now it's almost it's almost in a reverse fashion. But he continues, and and there should be famines. And pestilences, pestilences deal with infectious diseases. All these, and then he goes on and says, these are the beginning of sorrows. As I've explained before, these sorrows refer, when he says sorrows, it's like a woman who's giving birth, and as the child is about to breach the birth canal, the pains and the contractions, they increase in frequency, and in magnitude. And this would be the situation with these signs that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us. They will increase in frequency and in magnitude all the way up until Jesus Christ comes back. We've got certain diseases, and guess what? They They are back. And they're not just back. They're back with a vengeance. Yeah, and then you've got false teaching, and uh, I, I just wanted to focus on that for just a couple of minutes. Um, why is it that, uh, and, and this is kind of like piggyback, you know, kind of like uh, adding to what uh, we uh, had, we experienced over the, uh, yet last night with uh, the uh, the young man that was on uh, GT's thread the other night, oh, well, last night, actually. Um False teaching is prevalent within the church world, in, in, in the institutionalized church. And uh, this is why uh, so many Christians have either lost their spiritual discernment or don't have any spiritual discernment. So they can't see what GT and I are talking about. They don't understand it. So when we get into these issues, when we start talking about the New World Order, and we start talking about Obama and his policies, and we start talking about Hillary Clinton and what she's trying to do and what she's already done over the past 40 years of her political career, people get angry. And we're talking about Christians. We're not talking about worldly people, because at least worldly, some, well, some, from, from some, uh, to some degree, worldly people understand what's going on, and they're taking this, this election seriously. Well, when you're talking to Christians, it's almost like I'm talking to a five, a, a, a six-month-old. Don't go over there because you're going to get electrocuted. And then that, that six-month-old gets upset and starts crying. And so this is what we're dealing with because of the types of the condition of the church. Why is it that so many Christians are voting for Hillary Clinton. Why, despite the fact that she is a uh, vehement proponent of Margaret Sanger's views, Margaret Sanger, who was one of the most evil women in, in American history, she said she referred to uh, minorities, particularly blacks, as human weeds that need to be exterminated. Oh, Why wow. is it that mm-hmm. black Christians, oh, okay, let me, let me, let me, 
put it in a more of a broader perspective. Why is it that minority Christians are voting for Hillary Clinton and then getting angry and calling you names, saying all kinds of ungodly things? Pastors, evangelists, so-called church leaders that are so-called spreading the gospel, I'm involved in this, I'm over here, I'm getting involved in all these other um, conferences and all that other stuff, and they're voting for Hillary Clinton? And then when you tell them that, okay, Hillary Clinton is not for minorities, she does not like minorities, she is just as bad, if not worse, than Barack Obama, then they turn into the Incredible Hulk and start smashing stuff, start saying all kinds of things. They start, and I'm using the Hulk because, you know, anger, mm-hmm. you know, they, they get angry. And, and and you're sitting back looking like, wow, really? You're just going to get mad? You forget about the, the you're not going to even challenge the merits of my statement. You're just going to attack me? You don't even know me from Adam, but you're going to attack me because I attacked your political god, your uh, political uh, demagogue. I'm questioning your um, your motives for voting for a woman that called black men uh, super predators. This is what GT and I have to deal with, you know, and have dealt with in the past. Well, we got uh, ten. We got ten minutes, bro. Um, uh, Brother Julius, uh, Nelson. What's going on? Yeah, Brother Julius left. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, he signed out. I think he got kicked out. Oh, His phone probably no. died. I'm still seeing uh, Indiana. You are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see Indiana anymore. It says Central Indiana has hung up. So I see that Nelson's still on the line. Still on, bro. Okay. You have anything to say I... before we, uh, you know... Oh man, it's a lot, lot of information. Pat, um, definitely enjoyed it. Um, just um, piggybacking on a lot of um, uh, what was expound, um, especially when you're dealing with, um, um, you know, the. hidden hand behind the government and uh how how everybody how is everything is just you know revealing itself it's it's something to see man it's definitely something to see and i i, I love the way y'all brought scripture to the for, forefront too as well and um man that's a that's definitely a lot of information i enjoy it Amen, I definitely enjoy. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually reading this book that I got uh, called "The New World Order." That's talking about the exactly uh, the same stuff that that we covering. Yeah, talking about exactly. Um, I I was on chapter uh, seven. Hold on, let me look at it. I think the title of it was. Uh, Okay, yeah, I I read chapter six. Uh, we're talking about Abba Pike, 
in the concealed mysteries. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. Um, that was pretty interesting. But seven talks about um, serpents, stars, and suns, and um, it was talking about um, how. Uh, uh, well, I'm gonna read a little bit of it. Just give you a little. Um, preface of it uh, says so the student so so the student of history has to discover the hidden meanings behind the symbols in the Masonic literature and in the secret initiation ceremonies uh, to understand the Masonic order. One of the first symbols that needs to be examined is the <clears throat> symbol of the serpent, also called a snake or dragon. Manly P. Hall wrote that the use of this symbol is as old as early as early man when he wrote this book entitled The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Among nearly all the among nearly all these ancient peoples, the serpent was was accepted as a symbol of wisdom. Here Mr. Hall states that the serpent was a symbol of wisdom. It will remember. It will remember that the Lord uh, Matria, uh, the future New Age leader, uh, also claimed uh, to possess wisdom. Mr. Hall continues: uh, serpent worship in some form of uh, perm per per per. per, per, per permeated nearly all parts of the earth. The serpent is the symbol of the, uh, the, ser- the serpent is the symbol and prototype of the universal savior hmm. who redeems the world by giving creation to knowledge of itself and realization of good and evil. Hmm. Now that wow. right there. Yeah. Sound like, yeah, sound like Genesis 3. Yeah, it no, sounds yeah. like the devil to me. Yeah. Most definitely, man. But you can see all this um, stuff, man, that's just unfolding. Uh, I remember looking at a video um, talking about, uh, you know, um, you know, occultism. Um, um trying to think of the... Uh, um, yeah, a woman I was called uh, uh, Madame Blavatsky, and she was man just deep into it. But uh, her and uh, also um, um, trying to think of name uh, um, uh, Alice Alice Bailey. Yes, Alice Bailey. You know they got the school of the uh, the uh, what's 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 it called, David. Uh huh. And uh, if we if we just look at all of that and look at how it's playing out, you know, even with uh, I mean, it's it's a lot of uh, sacrificing going on, man. And uh, I mean, I believe I believe that's why they allow abortion to take place so exactly. Yeah, they're pushing I, it you know down what, their I, I thought about that. I mean, and, and look at that though, man. That they, they, they're paying homage to Moloch. Yeah, you know? right. Exactly. 
That's crazy, man. Like the, crazy. Yeah, the Capitol building is a place where they make the laws. It sits right in the belly of the beast, right in yep, the belly yeah. of, of Moloch. Exactly. Exactly. And people so, just don't get it. They they don't understand. And uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting how um, you know all of this stuff was. Uh, started. It just didn't start with Aleister Crowley. You know, Crowley kind of just brought it over, but it goes before him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it goes before. There's a lot of individuals that started before Crowley. Ger- Gerald oh, Gardner. Yeah. Um, you have um, um, Blavatsky. I think Blavatsky came before Crowley, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of other people that was into spiritism, Mother Anne Lee was into spiritism, uh, mm-hmm. and their focus was enlightenment, you know, to to transcend God's limitation, well, uh you know, God, you know, God himself, they wanted to be like God, just like Satan did. Oh, yeah. Satan said, I want to be like God. And it's funny, though, how all the musicians talk about the same thing. Oh, my goodness, yep. Exact you know, same thing, man. The, the, the rappers, they talk about the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, enlightenment. Uh, and uh, I know it's getting late, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But uh, next week, uh, Freestyle Fridays, uh, I want to... Uh, spend at least an hour on rap and hip-hop, where it originated, uh, and I want to get deeper into it than we did before. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah that will be good. I'm going to try to invite my little brother to it, too. Okay. Uh, and, and I know, uh, Evelyn, you're, I know uh, your, your wife, Najiti, was involved in the music industry as well. I wasn't. I'm just on the outside looking in. I just know by <laughs> based off of research. But um, some of the musicians I used to listen to, uh, but uh, I was never really into rap. You know, I was in high school, so I was exposed to it by proxy. You know, everybody else was listening to it, so I had to listen to it. But I wasn't listening to <laughs> it on my own, you know, because I liked it. But... Uh, one one more point before, and I'm gonna end the. We're gonna end the the the, the show. Uh, does anybody remember uh, Snoop Dogg's video? Murder was the case. Murder was the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely remember. I, I saw that on when I was. Everybody remembers the box. It was a cable station that everybody called in. It was a number that you called in to request your favorite rap video or whatever. Yeah. And I used to cringe going in, you know, when I was in high school, 11th and 12th grade, well, from 10th to 11th, 12th grade, I used to cringe sitting in advisory for for an hour and a half, 45 minutes, and I said, oh, my God, somebody please come along and turn the channel because some idiot is going to call in a number and request (laughs) a, a, you know, like, not that, but, Two Live Crew, which was one of the most disgusting oh, yeah. groups ever. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, yeah, if it wasn't Two Live Crew, then it was some yeah. other. Uh, uh, it was uh, Ice Cube. If it wasn't Ice oh, Cube yeah. and NWA, then it was um, Murder Was the Case. But when I saw that video in my last year in high school, I looked at it and I said, oh, "Well, that's weird. Why is?" 
And I didn't know who that was. But why is Jesus Christ sitting in uh, Snoop Dogg's hospital room? <laughs> and, and it all started when, um, long story short, Snoop was supposed to have been shot and killed, and they rushed him into the emergency room to try to bring him back to life. And then the, the devil comes into his hospital room and brings him back to life and says, I'll make your... Uh, you know, you a better rapper, better rap artist, or whatever. So he comes back to life as Snoop Dogg, and he's and so and I said, "Wow, this is what I was looking at." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's funny because it's well, not funny, but it's weird because at the time, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, anyways, at that time, I was like, you know, I thought the video was tight. You know, I was like, oh, it's cool. Yeah, me, me too. As time went on. And I started hearing about, you know what I'm saying, the Illuminati, Freemasons, and things of that nature. I thought, when I I saw it again, I was like, oh, wow. Like, this was supposed to be his rebirth, his resurrection. Yep. Right, right. It's like with Beyonce and Crazy in Love. This is when he first met and she first got involved with Jay-Z. And they, yeah. uh, they were in the car, and the car explodes. Blew up. And she she gets killed, and then out comes Sasha Fierce, and she's dancing exactly. with Jay-Z. And yep. I was like, this is a baptism by fire. It's like an, a rebirth. Yep. The phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know, she's rising up out of, the, out of the, uh, the ashes as a new individual, and she's got all this talent and things of that sort. And so uh, I wanted to get into that because... You know, there are so many uh, people that are brainwashed by these guys, and especially with Beyonce and Nicki Minaj uh, and Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne looks more and more like a demon every time I see him. But um, uh, I I wanted to get into that because um, the the hip-hop industry is a part of the whole fatherless generation, and I want to connect the dots with that as well. So, uh, okay, well, uh, GT, over yep. to you, sir. Well, I uh, just want to thank everybody who called, Brother Nelson, Brother Julius. Um, thanks for y'all uh, support on this. And I know I knew Nelson especially. I know he loves the subject, so oh, definitely, yeah. had to, definitely had to uh, involve you in this uh, discussion and uh I uh, just want to say uh, thank thank everybody for the support. And, uh, you know, for everybody who will listen to this uh, via audio, and I'm going to put this out immediately after it's uh, posted on the actual website, but I'm going to post it uh, all over Facebook because I want people to hear this before mm-hmm. they go and, and vote. You know, I want people to hear this and, and, and listen to what is actually going on in this country and how the Bible teaches us that no matter what, you know what I'm saying, this world is going into uh, the final beast system, and this final beast system uh, is, is, is rising all over the world. And not only that, the plans for a new world order, which is also prophetic uh, and has also been planned by the Illuminati, uh, via the plans of Albert Pike, as you can see, I laid it out, and we see his plans for the Third World War is upon us because mm-hmm. Islam 
is all over the world causing havoc, and we got all the nations of the world fighting against Islam, fighting against Christians, fighting against each other. And yep. all they need is, uh, uh, what's it called? Something out of chaos. Uh, order order out of chaos. Uh, oh, yeah, order out of chaos. There you go. This is the symbol, again, on the dollar bill. If you fold it in a certain way, you have the eagle flying into the pyramid. And like the phoenix, it burns and it crashes and then it rises up as a new creature. And this is what they want. This is the only way they can do it. Yep, that is the phoenix. Right. Depopulation of of the world. The Bible says that a third of mankind will, will die. In Isaiah 13, he says the world will be burnt and few men will be left. He also says in Isaiah, I think it's 23, he says uh, he will make man as precious, uh, he will make man more precious or as precious as fine metals. In other words, the population of this world will decrease. It will happen. It will happen. It's going to happen. But from what I've seen throughout the Bible, God has repeatedly halted his judgments to give his people time to repent. Mm-hmm. So much so that he has he turned away his judgment. Like he did in Nineveh. Nineveh was a pagan a pagan society. And Jonah went and prophesied to them, although he didn't want to, he went and prophesied to them and they heard the message and what did they do? They repented. And God held the judgment back. Unfortunately, they went back into sin, and God finally brought the judgment. And this is the same scenario I see going on in America. I'm looking at the map now. I'm looking at the map now, and America has been one of the longest surviving, I think, uh, nations besides that of Rome, uh, in our modern times, uh, in the Ottoman Empire. But irregardless, America has been around for a long time now, for a long time. And once a nation gets that high up, they usually fall, especially when they turn away from God. So if you vote... If your vote doesn't count, they're looking at your vote, and they wanting to see where this country, the mind of this country is going. And God is looking, too. Half the, if, if, more, if more of the country wants a Hillary Clinton, God going to give it to us. Yeah. If more of the country wants a Donald Trump, I believe that the Lord will give it to us. And... If Donald Trump is lying about his policies and uh, uh, what he wants to do in this country, then God help us because the policies that he has are truly the only, the, the policies that Donald Trump has are the only policies that's really going to help America, at least mm-hmm. for the time being. 
especially for Christians. Because if that wall is not built, if the immigration, if the massive immigration is not halted, we're going to see more terrorist attacks here. We're going to see more Christian persecution here. We're going to see more child rape, uh, the raping of children here. We're going to see more infectious diseases. We're going to see more nation against nation or ethnicity against ethnicity. We're going to see it, and it's going to happen anyway. But I honestly believe that this is the time where God is is giving us a chance, the Lord before the storm. And I'm going to just leave it at, leave it at that, and I'm going to pray us out. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. I pray for this country. I pray for the elections, for whatever happens, Father God. I pray that you hold your judgment so that your people can get their minds right. I pray, Father God, that if Hillary wins, I pray, Father God, that even if she does win, that you halt her plans to bring us into this new world order. And if Donald Trump wins, Father God, I pray that he is the man that he says he is as, as far as wanting to help this country the way it needs to be helped. And I pray, Father God, that there are no uh, uh, retaliations if either of the uh, candidates win because there are crazy people out there, Father, who saying that if Trump wins, they're going to act a fool on the black people. And there are Ku Klux Klan members, Father God, who says if Hillary wins, they're going to act a fool. And so, Father God, I just pray that you cover this country at least for a while so that the people of America can repent, a national day of prayer, a national day of repentance, like Liberia. Father God, I just pray in Jesus' name. Give us all wisdom in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Once again, thanks, everybody, for calling in. And uh, join us again next week. Dave. Uh, Dave is going to talk about the rap industry and uh, should be interesting. So, you know, uh, get if you got children who like to listen to rap, if you have children or you got people, cousins, whoever, just invite them. Invite anybody and everybody. And uh, that's it. All uh, right, my mom. What was that? All right, I was just saying, all right, my man. Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, great peace to everybody. I'm going to try to invite a few other young cats that I know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do that, do that. So that ends our call, and grace and peace be with all all you all. Take take care. Grace and peace. God bless. Grace and peace.